Are you a techno addict or a technophobe? Find out where you fit on the spectrum coming up on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Turkey is warning Syria to fear after a Turkish plane was shot down, killing two pilots. The Turks are claiming that the plane accidentally crossed into Syrian airspace and only for a moment, but the Syrians hold the plane appeared to be part of terrorist efforts. The U.S. is siding with Turkey. A State Department spokesperson said this. We will continue to stay in in close touch with Turkey about its uh, security concerns and, and stay solid as allies. So far, the Turkish prime minister is only going as far as a warning. There are no plans to retaliate, but he said that Turkey's wrath should be as feared as their friendship is valuable. Congress is working hard to finish up some key legislation before the end of the week's deadline. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid says a lot of progress has been made on a bill that would overhaul federal transportation programs. But he cautioned it is still not a done deal. We're very close to having everything done. But until we get everything done, nothing's done. And Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell echoed Reid's expectation that a way has been found to prevent a doubling of student loan rates come July 1st. Senator Reid and I have an understanding that we think will be acceptable to the House. Both issues have to be resolved before lawmakers take a week-long break. Jerry Bodlander, Capitol Hill. With election season now in full swing, a lot of job openings are showing up in both campaigns, especially for lawyers. Recruiters are looking for people to handle disputes across the country over such things as challenges to new voter ID laws, vote fraud, and registration. Thousands of attorneys have already signed on to help the Obama campaign. Robert Bauer, the campaign's legal counsel, says that number of attorneys may be necessary because Democrats believe Republicans want to prevent the president from repeating his 2008 get-out-the-vote success. The GOP is also putting together its own teams of lawyers and helping conservative groups plan to monitor the polls on Election Day for any possible fraud. I'm Diane Kepley. With fireworks season starting up, officials are reminding celebrators about safety concerns. The safety of the public is our top priority. And that's why the Consumer Product Safety Commission held its annual fireworks safety demonstration on the National Mall today, more than a week before Independence Day. When it comes to illegal and homemade fireworks, CPSC Chairman Inez Tenenbaum made her message clear. Don't make them, don't purchase them, and don't go near them. She says last year, fireworks accidents sent 9,600 people to hospital emergency rooms and led to four deaths. Matt Small, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Your relationship coach, your life coach here, teaching you, giving you tools to take your life to the next level. Relationship advice as well as just skills, the things we need to get through this crazy thing we call life. Welcome, welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I think we are undertaking a vast, vast, um, I don't know, exercise in trying to figure out, are you what we call an over or an under? When it comes to technology, are you an early adopter or have you failed to adopt? Are you behind the curve? Or are you in front of the curve? That's what we're talking about, because at some point, 
apparently I'm pretty sure this technology thing is here to stay. And it doesn't seem like it's getting easier. It's also getting scary because my children are now passing me in technology savvy. They know more about the Internet, about a lot of things, quite honestly, than I do. My son just bought a $500 camera over the Internet, which to me is outrageous. Like, why would you not drive down to a camera store and touch them and look at them and then pay 30% more? Why would you not do that? I asked my son. And he says, because, Dad, I can get it cheaper uh, online. 15-year-old boy buys a $500 camera over the Internet. It seems to me absurd. And you know what? Perfect. Great. Got there right in time. Shipping was perfect. When I need something purchased and I, I want to do it like on Amazon or something, I don't go do it. I just ask my son to do it. And you know what? Done. He even has my wife's credit card which is just slick. And I'm still wondering how he got it. How did you get mom's credit card? Ah, I've got everything, dad. I've got everything I need. I don't even need you guys here anymore as long as you keep making money. Uh, So children are getting it. They get this technology. Do you? I was sitting down with um, an expert once that was telling me about the importance of um, putting some type of, uh, what do they call it? Safety uh, on your browser. Mm. What's it called on your browser? Been. Like a parental control, but like a what do they call? What's the name of the whole firewall. system? Like a firewall, antivirus. Anyway, like a filter. Like a like filter that. is the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Sheldon. Filters. And so I was filtering up, but I, I have all my kids that have these eye touches and kind of iPhones, and we have all this technology. But I don't know how you filter an iPhone. So they told me, well, what you do is you just put on this great little app called Moby Chip which is a browser, and then it's got parental control on it, and you turn off their other ability to browse using the other things, and now you've got them. So I did that, and I hooked up my family, took all of their iTouches, all of the iPhones, and I put this Moby chip on, and boom, I've got them all at about, I don't know, an eighth-grade level of, uh, of, being able, of being filtered. Well, I thought I was great. I thought things were going really well. And then all of a sudden, I'm on my son's iTouch, and I'm looking at this technology and pulling some stuff up, not even realizing I'm not even using Moby Chip. And now I'm using just regular Safari, and I can pull up anything I want. And I ask him, well, how did what happened to Moby Chip? And he says, yeah, that wasn't working for me, Dad. So I just turned it off. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what? Yeah, that wasn't working for me. Well, what do you mean it wasn't? Well, it was just, I don't know, it was too restrictive, so I just got rid of it. Well, how did you know the password? He's like, Dad, Dad, come on. It's just your password. I messed up. So I'm apparently an under, and I have all the technology. I don't buy it. I just borrow it or get it every time I get to speak somewhere. But I get the technology. I apparently don't know how to use it because I can't even keep my kids from watching things they shouldn't be watching. When you think about yourself, are you an over or an under? Now, some people are the overs. The overs are the ones that have to have everything. The minute they come out with the new iPhone, you've got to buy it, right? And it seems like every week there's this new announcement or a press conference for the latest gadget that's coming out, the latest computer component. But uh, how do you know what you actually need? It seems like some of us are just buying this out of addictions, not necessarily out of need. Don't worry, though. We've got some help for you. One of our great producers, Bryce Tobin, is in the same boat. He's been wondering and basically just as bothered as you are if you really need this technology. 
Hey, so uh, ever spend lots of money only to find out the thing you bought is dramatically cheaper the next week? Or worse, it's cheaper because something better was just released? Then you can identify with what I'm about to say. But if all you do is use your computer to surf the web, create and edit documents with a word processor, or look up pictures of cats with captions, you don't need a computer that costs more than $300, and you should do fine for the next 10 years. Technology moves too fast. I mean, it's not really a bad thing overall. The better the tech, the more things we can do, and the cheaper it all eventually becomes. But on a personal level... It can be hard and expensive to keep up. When I bought my computer in August 2010, it was top of the line and expensive. But here's some of the improvements that I have been tempted to purchase along the way. So there's this one component, it's called RAM. In 2007, when I bought my other expensive computer, I had two gigabytes of RAM. I was pretty hot stuff. When I started shopping for a new one three years later, my choices were between four and 16 gigabytes. But wait, it's not a simple matter of just getting more. First hurdle is your operating system. Is it a third? 32-bit or 64-bit version because that's the first limit. Then you got to find out if your motherboard supports a 64-bit operating system, and then if it has enough RAM slots to put the amount of memory in that you desire. This is important to keep in mind because operating systems and motherboards are pricey. Then there's the hard drive. The new offering is the solid-state drive. These are schnazzy because they allow you to access data immensely faster than the old hard disk drives. One problem, they are wicked expensive. When I bought my most recent computer, they didn't even bat an eye and threw in a terabyte hard drive for free, like it was a bag of salt and vinegar chips that nobody in the office was brave enough to endure eating. To illustrate, I found a 512 gigabyte solid state drive, which is about half the size of a terabyte drive, for $675. That's just a little under half what I paid for my whole computer! Now, these hard drives do things like bring your computer's startup time from 2 minutes to 17 seconds. Which is cool, I guess, but I don't see it being worth it unless I have a habit of diffusing bombs and I didn't think to turn my computer on beforehand. Graphics cards are the worst. New and better ones are constantly being released. It is very hard to keep up, and they really like to burn out if you work them too hard for too long, so it's bad to let them get outdated. Then one genius had a great idea. Why not make it possible to install two graphics cards? Fantastic idea, but the cards themselves have to support what is called crossfire. So does your motherboard and your operating system. If your operating system and motherboard don't have this, both graphics cards will attempt to fight to the death. Oh, and you want to know the kicker? Some brands work better together than others, and the only way to know is to scour the internet. So even if you may have found an inexpensive RAM chip, it might hate your graphics card. And while your graphics card is getting mad at your motherboard, the sound card is teasing your networking card because it has a funny haircut, and the operating system is trying to get in between them to mediate and smooth things over. Let's get real, this isn't for most people, because most people are fine looking up pictures of cats and surfing the web. But if you want a pleasant experience with your computer and have limited funds, the bad news is that you have homework to do. You have a lot of homework to do. But I promise that if you do your homework, your computer will be able to keep up with the way things are changing and you will not have to threaten it with being replaced by a newer, better looking model. Wow. That was depressing. He just blew my mind. Um, What in the world? Bryce Tobin. Seriously. (sighs) Ram. I'm confused. I don't even know where to begin. Thanks. I'm apparently a serious under because I do like checking out cats online. And I don't know what your problem is. Why do you hate cats? You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. Now, here's the deal, folks. We are going to go through two blocks, and we're going to be bringing in two different experts. The first expert is going to be Jordan Hill. Uh, Jordan Hill is a... 
He's a past BYU television guy, great person who really knows the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs of what you really need to know. What is it about technology that is just you must have? This is the information you need to know or people are going to laugh at you, okay? Then we're going to do another segment with one of our very own um, people from BYU Radio, Mark Waite, who is just – he's a known addict of technology. The guy loves technology. He buys it any chance he can. And we're going to be interviewing Mark to figure out what's going on with him and how we can help him heal. Uh, His wife has specifically asked us that we do this interview, and we're going to try to have an intervention of some sorts. So that is the show, my friends. Be listening because we're going to give you the tools, the ideas, and maybe most importantly, the outs. How do you get out? How do you get in? And make sure you have a healthy ride on the Technology Express. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Ever wish you had eyes like an eagle? Some advanced space technology brought down to Earth might be just what you're looking for. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Several years ago, scientists at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory were trying to study the harmful properties of sunlight to find better ways to protect the eyes of astronauts in space. The researchers studied eagles, hawks, and other birds of prey known for their keen eyesight. They learned that the eyes of these birds contain unique oil droplets that block intensely radiated light rays while allowing vision-enhancing light rays to pass through. This reduces glare and provides heightened color contrast and definition, even at great distances. Mimicking the eye protection of these feathered friends, the scientists developed a unique type of lens using light-filtering dyes and tiny particles of zinc oxide. The technology eventually became known as eagle eyes. These days, you can find the early NASA research incorporated in a line of cutting-edge sunglasses. The innovation was recently inducted into the Space Technology Hall of Fame. It turns out that having eagle eyes is just as useful when you're driving down the highway as when you're piloting a spacecraft. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Travel the musical road of American history on Highway 89 Scenic Byway. With music from talented musicians from BYU campus and across the globe, Highway 89 brings you the best performances from classical to jazz and folk to rock. Tune in for a musical journey with Highway 89 at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. You've got white out all over your screen. You think your Commodore 64 is really neato. What kind of chip you got in there, a Dorito? I guess this is all dissing people like me, talking about my Commodore 64, my 284, whatever, blankety blank blank. Hey, let me tell you what's cool for those of you that don't know. I'm looking at my laptop screen right now, and my screensaver is a bunch of bubbles. I've got bubbles bouncing all over my screensaver, and you know what? It took me hours to get the bubbles to work and to get the right amount at the right, uh, you know, the right volume. You don't think I know anything about technology. I got a bubble screensaver. screensaver. We have brought in Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill is a sales manager at a local Apple Macintosh retailer called Simply Mac. And Jordan's going to help us basically figure out how to um, 
What's right? What's wrong? What do we need to know? Jordan, welcome to the show, first of all. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming. Now, seriously, you must deal with a lot of people that are clueless. Yeah, we see a lot of people come in and they've got um, just a lot of questions, right? As technology evolves, right. people are still trying to figure things out. Um, it's new to everybody, right? Even like the you know, the most kind of tech-savvy engineers. I mean, there's other engineers on their side of the country, other side of the world who are developing things, and everyone's just trying to, like, figure it all out together. Right. So. What's the – like, what are the what are the most common questions you get that you look at them and, like, think, really? Um, I mean, mostly people come in and they just want a computer that works, right? They're just – they don't know how the technology works. And yeah. so they'll start to ask questions like – you know, is this going to work for my iPhone or my Android phone? And it's like, I mean, those are just like, you know, basic, yeah, yeah. basic you know, surface questions that people like to ask and kind of discuss. Um, and really, it can get pretty deep, you know, in your conversations. Yeah. And it's and at least in my you know experience, it's kind of fun that I get to kind of talk to people about that and kind of teach them a little bit about it. So. Well, to me, I, and I think you're probably a lifesaver because some of us don't want to know and some companies seem to make it. You know, they try to make it as complicated as they can. It seems like just to maybe confuse you. I mean, like it doesn't have to be this hard. But all of a sudden, I, I got a great deal on my laptop, and I brought it in here, and they all looked at it and said, "Yeah, that won't work." Yeah. Unless you want to look at cats, which again is offensive. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, some cats are cute, right? Yeah, so, they are you know. darling. Um, but I mean, you definitely pay for what you get in a laptop, right? right? And so. Um, you know, there are $300 laptops out there. There are $2,500 laptops out there. And so depending on the specific needs of the individual, that's kind of where you kind of figure out where they stand on that spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Give me some ideas. Give me some tools. Like what do I, okay. Processor, RAM, give me memory. What are we talking about? Yeah. So there's really three primary elements to a computer, right? One's the processor you mentioned. That's just kind of how fast the horse is, right? Okay. Within the processor, you can have multiple cores or, you know, multiple okay. processors. These are like so the dual core. Right, or quad core quad processors. Core. Okay. And so that's like four or two horses pulling the wagon. And All so right. the speed of the processors, how fast that horse is, and the number of processors is, the, you know, the number of horses. Does it matter what name brand? I mean, are we going for like an IZOD well, I brand. mean, yeah, AMD and Intel are probably like the two most, uh, you know, popular. Okay, you know, AMD chipsets. and Intel. Uh, Intel. Intel. Yeah. And so, I mean, Intel just released some new processors, which are pretty cool. Um, they have like these turbo boost, sorry, turbo boost features. Um, but yeah, and so there's lots of different, you know, options there in terms of processors, but that's kind of like the basics of processors. So, there. and the processor is just how fast it will process information. Your, your information, whatever right. apps or whatever you've got running. And so then RAM is the next thing, right? And so what happens with RAM, I mean, your RAM and your hard drive kind of have this uh, relationship where what happens is when your computer wants information, it pulls it off the hard drive and stores it in what's called the short-term memory or RAM. Yeah. And so the more RAM you have, the more information your computer is able to hold at a single time. So when you um, are doing like uh, video editing or, you know, you just have large, you know, files open, the more RAM you have, the more easily um, your computer is going to be able to access that information. Because as soon as you max out on your RAM, your computer has to push that information back to the hard drive. But because the hard drive is so slow, you'll start to see like the the hourglass or the spinning pinwheel or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And then so so what we want the RAM size to be. Give me some of the sizes for RAM. So, yeah, I mean, so the new standards now are between two and four gigs. Um, gig RAM, wow. Right, gigs of RAM. And so, That's huge. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of new operating systems now that can handle up to 32 gigs of RAM. Um, and so, I mean, that's just, that's that's extreme overkill for most well, people. Well, that's a right? lot of cats. 
Yeah, that's a lot of cats. I mean, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. And so, I mean, the average person really only needs about four gig. I mean, uh-huh. uh, people who kind of want to play it safe and just say, hey, I don't want to see the spinning pinwheel at all. They got a little extra cash. They'll drop it. They'll like bump it up to eight. So, so if you're talking, if you had a dual core yeah. processor with about eight gig, you'd have a pretty strong basic unit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For doing any kind of, you know, if you're going to get online and blog or Facebook or whatever, um, just doing some Excel work or Word, you know, document stuff, yeah. uh, that'd be plenty, I'd say. And then uh, the memory is that's a whole other deal. Or the storage, right? The storage, I guess right. it would be called. Yeah. What's Where do we want to go there? So, yeah. So, I, uh, you guys are talking about solid-state drives and stuff. Yeah. And so, solid-states are really cool. Uh, my hard drive that I've got in my computer is a solid-state. And honestly, it's one of those... Uh, once you've tasted the sweet, you kind of don't want to go back to the bitter, right? Really, I mean, yeah. Because you're able to access that information so much more quickly, uh, programs open up, they're more responsive. Everything is just uh, everything's just you know right on the fly there. So so then so that this is all hardware. Is there anything else we need for hardware? Um, like that we have to I worry mean, about. I mean, you can you know you can talk about graphics cards okay, and those yeah. types of things. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've unless yeah, unless you're going to be you know doing a whole lot of high end video editing or doing like really high end photo work. Uh-huh. Um, you don't really need too much graphic support just for kind of day-to-day stuff. So there's all hardware. But then uh, talk about for a sec because the like one thing that I think is just fascinating is the cloud, Dropbox, right. kind yep. of the web and storing stuff online now. Yeah. So cloud services, there's a whole huge variety of the types of cloud services, right? Some act as pure um, like online backup. So there's companies like Mosey or Carbonite that it'll actually just back up your computer in the cloud, you know, in its entirety. And it just so, saves everything that you're doing. Everything. You pay a fee. Right. And you think those are worthwhile? Um, it just depends on the needs, right? Yeah. And so, like, I'm like not. If you're a business and you need your data. Right, that's a big deal. And you deal, want the yeah. guarantee back. Especially out. if your business is at home, right? And uh-huh. you just kind of have a lot of, you know, uh, mix and mingle between business and personal stuff like that on your computer. You definitely want to have, you know, kind of a remote backup. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. If your house goes up in flames, I mean, you're not only losing all your personal stuff, but all your business stuff, right? right? And so there's that, that kind of, uh, you know, benefit there to having it remotely backed up in the cloud. And so that's and then there's the other kind that aren't like so secure, they're not immediate, they're not backed up regularly. Yeah, so the other cloud services, so like uh, I can just use Apple's iCloud service uh-huh. for example. Um, it doesn't do a whole lot of storage in the cloud. It mostly just says, "Oh, I just you just took this picture, right? I'm going to take that picture and push it to all of your devices." And so oh. instead of it being like an online cloud storage service, it's okay. more of like a facilitating cloud service, right. you know, and Dropbox for example yeah. is another other one where it's not going to back up your entire computer, but anything you put in that Dropbox folder gets backed up in the cloud. Which is huge, yeah. it could, but it's also, I guess, risky because it's um, now out there. Well, I wouldn't say so. I mean, so I mean, there's a lot of lawyers out there, right, who are going to want to get their hands on the next big class action. Yeah. And so, as soon as there is any kind of uh, issue in terms of that type of security, yeah. I mean, it, you're going to read about it, you're going to hear about it, and so, I mean, companies go through those extra steps to make sure that your information is secure. I mean, I personally, maybe I'm just a, you know, Gen Xer or whatever, but I'm not too worried about that. I think that's huge. Where Where else do you think we're falling behind? I mean, it just seems like. There's just so much going on. And where do you just see the general public 
maybe needs to stay up to date and keep up? Where do you see the problems coming into your store? Yeah, I mean, I see people who um, have the hardest time is just with their emails, right? Um, they're, they're, they'll come in, you know, with an iPhone, for example, and their Gmail's not working. It says that their password's wrong. And then they're going to think that something's wrong with their iPhone, right? right. Well, no, it's, it's really, it has nothing to do with your iPhone. It's your Gmail account. <laughs> you, you, know, need and you need to Gmail. go onto a web browser and log into Gmail and get it figured out, you know? And so I would say that just people um, just kind of understanding how things work and just the basic principles behind, you know, this interaction between, you know, the human and the computer. Um, that's kind of like the biggest thing. And, and really, it's just a matter of people kind of – they get really scared or timid. you know, Right, like, like it can break. Right, or it's going to blow up or something. Yeah. you know. And it's like, no, it's just – you just got to get your hands dirty. You might lose a couple emails in the mm-hmm. learning process, but that's life. You know, you just kind of have to figure it out. It seems like that maybe is where we were ruined because back in the day, you'd have to go to a DOS prompt. I don't know if you remember right, these yeah. days. Um, yeah. So you're now like actually – I was in, like in second grade yeah, or something. You probably saw your parents do yeah. that. But like now you're messing with like the DOS prompt. And right. you, I, the idea was you could always mess it up there yeah, and really like create havoc. And right. now all of a sudden, you know, you can do a lot. It takes a lot to really mess something up. Yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of the operating systems now have such a way or built in such a way that, you know, if you do mess with your personal files or some of your system files get messed up, you yeah. can actually just kind of fix the system files in the background and you're still not going to lose any of your other information. So see, okay. So where do they go learn all this for real? Like, like my son's just like, I'm like, where did you learn that? He's like, I just, played with it, Dad. If you just play with it, yeah. you'll just learn it. Are there other ways to kind of more formally learn? What do you suggest to these people that come in by thousands of dollars worth of equipment and are yeah. clueless? Yeah, so there's a there was a generation shift, right? Where before we used to, you know, the encyclopedia salesman used to come to our house. Yeah. And um, and then that's how we learned our information. Right? Right. The first few book reports I did were out of an encyclopedia. encyclopedia now exactly. it's just all Google, Wikipedia, that yeah. kind of stuff. And so... The, um, in terms of kind of self-help, um, there's always the online resources, like just Googling something. There's lots of forums online. So if there's a specific problem, a lot of times you can Google that specific yeah. problem. And someone else has had that problem where they've found a solution and they've shared that solution. Do you online. just do a Google search? Is that where you go? Do you just uh, do a Google generally, search? Generally, yeah. Or, or, what are some other ones you could do? And so then, you know, some more um, like formal, you know, teaching, you know, methods. I mean, like here in Utah, like Simply Mac, we do teach us, we teach classes for Apple products, right? right? Um, but there's a handful of other um, just small companies, local companies where you'd be able to sit down with someone and go in and yeah, and they just kind of teach you the basics. And, and really that that the primary benefit in doing that is just to kind of help you not feel so, you know, uh, that kind of fear. Yeah, of, that know, insecurity. Yeah, right. Exactly. Where do you think – OK. So if you had to give us some more advice, where do you think that people – because we're ignorant in the technology world, where are we maybe getting taken? What are some things to watch out for? What are some things you really don't – need that a lot of us might be buying. Yeah, so I would say like um like RAM is one of those easy, easy things that's really easy to upgrade in your computer, right? Okay. And so do you want to see the hourglass or the spinning pinwheel of death? No, you don't. No. Uh, but at the same time, you don't need 32 gigs of RAM, right? It's a lot so, of RAM. Yeah, I mean, the most that you really need in just a basic computer is 8 gigs. And that's going to kind of last you the good, you know, a good, you know, three, four, five years. Well, or as long like as the computer will. Probably, probably right? right. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, you don't need to go up that far. I mean, Obviously, the better computer you have, the more you're paying. Mm-hmm. It's just going to run better, you know. Um, it'll last you a little bit longer. So, like, you know, five years ago, they were still selling single-core processors. Now yeah. a single-core processor can't handle anything, yeah. you know. And you so, need quad. Well, you need at least the dual, yeah. but currently, you know, they're making the quad cores. And so with the quad-core processor, that's going to, you know, last you a little bit longer in terms of the longevity of your computer. What about uh, the idea of um, uh, the Internet uh – 
safety stuff, the virus, antivirus, because it seems like that now becomes a monthly fee. Do we need to go to these right. higher end monthly fee ones or are there other programs that you'd recommend? Well, so I mean like um, – so for Windows computers, I mean as long as you've got a virus software running in the – you know, just – You're good. You're, you should be all right as long as you kind of keep it up to date and make sure that it is up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac computers, um, as long as just the system is up to date, you should be good there. I mean you know, like Mac had a virus just – it was like the single virus they've had in the last five years or whatever. That's and amazing. within a week or so, it uh, you know, they had a patch for that and so it got it all taken care of or whatever. So – so, I mean, there's lots of um, options in yeah. terms of that. But you don't need to pay like these ultra-high, crazy subscription fees. You don't need to install any add-ons to your web browser or anything right. like that. Just as long as you've got you know, the antivirus software running in the background in your operating system, you should be fine. And then they just could go online and start searching. I mean, you can learn. There's tutorials. Right. You can go to YouTube and oh, get yeah. tutorials on all of it. Right. Okay, we got about 30 seconds. Anything else you'd recommend that just as the layperson, what would you tell your mom? When it comes to technology, um, keep it simple. Yeah, you don't need all the crazy gadgets. You just kind of need to make it work, and just uh, just to have the confidence. Don't be scared of your computer. You yeah. Know, so. And you get the confidence, I guess, by doing it more. Right. Exactly. Getting into it, getting your hands dirty. Cool. Good stuff. Jordan Hill, sales manager at Simply Mac here in uh, Provo, Utah. Really, just insightful. Plus, he's you know BYU graduate, so you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Thanks so much, Jordan. Okay, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate your help with that. And we will come back with more information, ideas, how to maybe deal with the fact if you're an over-technology user. If you are an addict, we're going to be having an intervention for one of our friends here at BYU Radio right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Start your day right with Marcus Smith and the morning team. We're going to talk about um, just stuff, you know, lots of things that show up that that once we're in your home and they go to somebody else's home and how do they get there? Maybe by way of a thrift store. Join in for conversation on current topics and events from around BYU campus and the world and get your morning talking. Tune into the morning show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Florida is soaking as Tropical Storm Debbie passes from the Gulf Coast to the Atlantic Ocean. A declared state of emergency as Tropical Storm Debbie drenched Florida with heavy rains. But the wind picked up so bad. Debbie is flooding low-lying neighborhoods and knocking out power to thousands of homes and businesses. Just south of Tallahassee here in Crawfordville, Florida, this area has gotten more than 15 inches of rain. Neighborhoods starting to get flooded, businesses completely flooded out. It's not unprecedented, however, uh, the amount we're getting in, 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 the, uh, in the amount of time is different. Robert Ray, Crawfordville, Florida. Home prices rose modestly last month as the housing market reached another rung on the long climb back. The Standard & Poor's Case-Shiller Home Price Index shows increases in 19 of the 20 cities tracked, and a measure of national prices rose 1.3%, the first increase in seven months. San Francisco, Washington, and Phoenix posted the biggest increases, while prices dove 3.6% in Detroit, the only city to record a drop. The increases partly reflect the impact of the spring buying season, and the month-to-month prices aren't adjusted for seasonal factors. Still, prices in half of the cities are up over the past 12 months. Matt Small, Washington. 
Despite good news in the housing market, consumer confidence indicators are declining. The overall consumer confidence index dropped from 64.4 last month to 62, a point lower than Wall Street analysts had expected, and well below the economy is doing well level of 90. The near future presents the most fertile breeding ground for pessimism. The number expecting business conditions to worsen jumped, but those saying they're improving now rose as well. Similarly, the number calling jobs hard to get went up, but those calling jobs plentiful increased slightly as well. Of course, the hard-to-get group outnumbers the plentifuls by nearly 6 to 1. Warren Levinson, New York. A new initiative to make HIV testing free at drugstores is launching a pilot program in various cities. The HIV test is a swab inside the mouth and takes about 20 minutes for an initial result. The maker of the test says it's accurate 99% of the time. They will be available at pharmacies and in-store clinics in 24 cities and in some rural areas. The goal is to make HIV testing as routine at the drugstore as flu shots and blood pressure checks. If the test is positive, customers will be referred to a health care provider for a lab blood test to confirm the results as well as counseling and treatment. I'm Ed Donahue. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We, uh... (laughs) This song was specifically chosen for our next guest, who is, uh, you know, loved here at BYU Radio. He is the engineer, Mark Waite. He's the engineer for Highway 89, which airs each weeknight at 10 Eastern Time here on BYU Radio. And he's also the afternoon music host on our sister station, Classic, uh, Classical 89, which is on the air right now. So right now, as we're speaking, he's supposed to be hosting the show and instead is in here with us. Is that correct, Mark? Uh, I... I, am I supposed to be in two places at the same time? This is the first I've heard. You haven't heard Should this. I be in, yeah, on the Yeah, you didn't know about your other job. <laughs> well, don't anybody – don't ask questions. Mark's yeah. magical. He's, he's mysterious. Now, we had John for a reason, Mark. Your wife called <laughs> and she, she says oh, that no. there is nobody that loves technology more than you. She didn't really call, but she, we, her spirit's here. What is the deal? You are a full-fledged technoholic. Would you agree? I my name is Mark and I am a techaholic. Yes. <laughs> Hi Mark. <laughs> Everyone welcomes you. Yeah, I I guess I've got a reputation of uh, maybe taking it a little too far. I'm I'm an Apple fanboy. Oh, yeah, okay. And I have everything. You buy everything. I you know at home everything. I, I never touch a PC except on the radio station, and they force me to touch they a make, PC. Yeah. Otherwise, I won't touch. But them. I even saw you. You wear like gloves when you use a PC, yeah. which I think is strange. Well, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> you rubber glove. gloves are always <laughs> handy. You, you always got to keep a box of rubber gloves handy. That is the funniest. Now, tell me how. Okay, how did this all come to be? Have you always been a? I mean, you're in the radio. Radio yeah. guys tend to be techno. Yeah, kinda. I mean, I'm I'm kind of on that cusp of people that are technophobic. Yeah. being 52, I'm everybody who's like two weeks older than me right. hates technology oh, yeah. it's from the devil, and everybody who's two weeks younger than me loves it. Yeah, and so I'm right there in that uh, tipping point, and I it is really a fascinating thing that technology is allowing us to do. It's opening up the world in a way. That we couldn't have even conceived of yeah. when when you and I were children. Oh, Although you're only totally. about twenty mid twenties, uh, twenty eight, no. yeah, half my age. Yeah. Uh, 
And so it's such a thrilling, brave new world that we find ourselves in that it's hard not to take advantage of that. And even 90-year-old grandmas, once they get the iPad and they realize, wait a minute, I can receive pictures yeah. of my great-grandchildren right. on this, and they just magically uh-huh. show up. Now, are you into it's the technology or the device? Do you, I mean, are you like, do you like get as many apps as you do? Like I, my iPhone, I have a billion apps. It's the yeah. apps I just love. I love the apps. But do you like the apps as much, or do you just like the gear? I don't like to use the equipment. I just like to buy it and own it. <laughs> really? I just want other people to see me owning to see it. see you because owning Because that's that. how I validate myself is uh, <laughs> yeah, by your phone. If I could buy a Ferrari, I yeah. would. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not in that uh, no. category. So you just buy I'm not a 1%. Mac. I'm you know, part of the 99%. I was wondering why every time I see you, you're carrying around your laptop, your MacBook, I mean. Yeah, well, that's weird. A lot of people it, just would leave it at their desk, but not you. My, my wife is addicted to her MacBook. Is she? The thing is that I think we are trying too hard and to lean on the technology too yeah. much. I think we're asking too much. We're so thrilled with it. It's uh-huh. so exciting and so amazing oh, yeah. that we're asking too much of it. And then, you know, it's a very simplistic concept, but I think very deep that time must be spent in some way. Right. And in modern society, we have so much time available to us that we're just always cramming information and entertainment into our brains. And then with the Internet and these computers, it's just exploded. Oh, yeah. And now we don't know how to put it down. Uh, yeah. You know, I sometimes find myself surfing, surfing the web for entertainment, and I'm not finding anything that's entertaining. But I still – I don't know what to You're do with the, my yeah, time. What, then what do you do? And the weirdest thing is people who are multitasking while they're watching a movie. So they're watching TV. It drives me And crazy. that's not good enough. That's no. not entertaining no. enough. I've got to pick up my iPad and multitask and surf the web to find out what other people that's are right. liking about that's this right. TV show while I'm watching it. Well, and now it's even going to the next degree and then comment on it. And now start blogging it and start sending it out there like, hey, guess what I'm doing? Now all of a sudden – and then you're going to receive all this information feedback about your multitasking while you're doing some other thing. We're messed up. And is the, is the, uh, the social networking – that's, I guess, a too big a yeah. question for, for right now. Yeah, is but... that really social interaction no. or is it just personal interaction and yeah. hoping that other people care? Yeah. Everybody needs an audience, I guess. I, apparently. And now everything seems to garner at least some attention where – I think it's all fake. I think it, I think a lot of this is we don't like you're saying we don't know what else to do. So we're sitting there not knowing what else to do, but we're doing something. At least we're moving. We're not just sitting here vegging watching TV. Yeah. I'm actually texting people. Yeah, and it's messed. And so much you know for sitting knee to knee and face uh-huh. to face. I mean, in fact, I'm a little uncomfortable being in the same room with you right now. I know, if I can we could see be doing that. this, if we could be doing this over Facebook, I'd that think would be a lot be easier, a more comfortable. Uh, why do you have your laptop right? <laughs> Mark's carrying his laptop everywhere he goes. But you're a buyer. You're the consumer. Yeah. You're out buying. You're, see, I'm a I'm a late adopter. Well, I was a poor child, so I'm making up for lost time. That's it. I've You're always been a toy. I'm all, I've always loved the toys, the new toy. Mm-hmm. And that's the pathetic thing is always, what's the next toy? And once I get that toy, yeah. the novelty wears off very quickly. And now what's the next amazing thing? Do you get Apple... anxious waiting for Apple's next release? Like you you know when it's coming. Yeah. I, you know, I was the iPad, which is now ubiquitous. Yeah. I am an early adopter. I got mine on the very first day you needed that it. the iPad 1 and was available. Uh, and I didn't even have to stand in line because I pre-reserved mine. Now, it's very dangerous being an early adopter mm-hmm. most of the time because you don't know what you're going to get. Right. When you order from Apple, you can be an you early know. adopter because it's pretty sure But I remember sure when that came work. out, I remember thinking, that's too big. Who's going to carry that thing around? That's just big. Yeah. And now I've got one and it's the best thing I've ever seen. Okay. But now here's the interesting thing. Why 
do people love the iPad so much? Well, for a lot of reasons. It's extremely user-friendly. Yeah. It's extremely convenient. But we're talking about keeping up with the Joneses. Right. Okay. That is so portable. It's portable enough. Oh, yeah. That you can carry it with you. And now people see it's you like having iconic. it. iconic, yeah. You can now start reading a book in public. Look now, you get a lot more credit reading oh, yeah. a book off. And, that's why oh, yeah. e- e-books are so popular. That's right. Is people can see you reading mm-hmm. it. It gives you an excuse on to pull it out in front of you people. You could read it on other devices, but it's not the same. Right. And who cares if you're, if you're holding a paperback book? Right. But if they see you holding an iPad, now mm-hmm. I'm getting credit for it. Now, let's face it. I want a Ferrari, Ooh, like I, I said. Like Do I want the Ferrari for me? I can tell myself that I want it for me. I don't care yeah. if the people see me in the Ferrari. Right. I just want it for me. No, I'm lying to myself. If you buy the Ferrari, it, you want it because you really want people to see you yeah. driving it. The I- irony is they're not looking at you. They're looking at the they're car. They're looking at the car. You're nothing. But I think I think to the same extent, it's kind of the, that. Uh, that's what has given the iPad a huge I think j- you're leap right. forward. Is I can carry this around. It's new. It's hip. Oh yeah. There's well, been a lot to of cachet to it. Oh yeah. I mean, at church, the scriptures. That's it. It's the funniest thing now. You see people in churches, in synagogues, pulling out their iPad to read their scriptures, and I, I would I'd be offended. Like, are you all texting? What are you doing here? <laughs> Don't get me started away. on that. Hey, look, I've got people in my church who get really <laughs> nervous if I pull out my iPhone. I know. Like, what are you doing? But look, if you see me like jiggling as <laughs> yeah. you know with a lot, yeah, lot of if, you're vi- action, if it's vibrating, then a lot. maybe I'm playing a game. But That's if right. I'm just looking at it, hey, maybe I've got legitimate uses. Maybe I am reading scriptures. Maybe I'm looking up people's names so uh-huh. that I can learn people's names. But there, so there is. On the one hand, there people are. are very excited about this technology. On the other hand, there's traditionalists that are very threatened by it. I really love your insight on the kind of the addictive side. It really is the addiction to the image sometimes that you're you're hip. You're rich. You're an early adopter. You yeah. almost have a Ferrari. Yeah. It's powerful. It's true. Well, I, I just saw in uh, Pacific Standard today, there's a story about this. It says that our brains are addicted to technology. Why is that? Because we're wired for immediate reward. We totally. want that instant gratification. Yeah. How does technology do that? Well, it's the novelty. They say that novelty is the reward. We've become addicted to the next new thing. Yeah. And, but the problem is that they're coming out with new technology so Every fast time. that the next new thing, 10 minutes ago, and now I want the next new... Yeah. I, I've got the iPad. Okay. I get it. I'm tired of it. What's next? Yeah. Are you, so next what thing. is next? Do you know what's next? Oh, man. Like, what's next on your addiction? Man, I don't know where to go from here. I've got the MacBook Air. Do you the have Siri? Are you dating Siri? I, I, she's, she's... Well... We're yeah, we're on speaking terms. <laughs> we're keeping we're keeping it very uh, platonic. Because <laughs> your wife would be really iPhone upset. 4s, MacBook Air, the 27 inch iMac, three Apple TVs, three Apple TVs, iPods. Holy it's cow. kind of out of control. The That's why I saw, I saw you mowing lawns. You're out mowing <laughs> lawns to pay for your. Yeah. Equipment. Yeah, this is pretty. amazing. I, I'm not in debt for any of it. If that's that, so if great. That helps. No. Don't, well, no. don't go in debt. Never, never put this stuff on a credit card. That's rule number one. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they do. Don't don't carry a balance on. Don't on carry a balance on your technology. Yeah. yeah. You just pay I mean, as you go. It's um. It's just interesting to me because I I would like to be an early adopter. I I mean I want to be in. It's on usually it. not a good idea. But yeah, it seems like to me you pay the price, right? Yeah. It's like buying the first year of a model of a car. Yeah. Maybe you don't want the first Honda year. You can only do that with Apple because they actually make it work before they, they give it to you. Yeah, but still. And, <laughs> You're and, and a beta tester for everybody are. else. Well, and I, I, love my, I love my iPad now except I let everyone else break it in. And it's incredible. Honestly, I lost mine. It was on the back of my car. I drove away. 
Lost it. Oh, lost it. It was dis- it disappeared. Oh, that's painful. So guess where I called? I called everyone. I called Apple. I called everybody. Is there a way to track it? Blah blah blah. They told me all this stuff. My son calls me. He says, "Dad, I found it." I'm like, "What do you mean you found it?" He goes, "Well, I forgot to tell you, but I installed um, the the mobile me." Right. On my iPad, Tra- tracking, and he tracked down my iPad and could see it on a map, and says it's right here at this location. Oh, it's moving, Dad! It's moving. Uh-oh. I'm like, where is it? And I started chasing it down, and we followed it back all the way to my subdivision, all the way to my neighborhood. And the guy parked. You, you paid extra for the app that actually uh-huh. walks. I, I, the, the iPad actually yeah, walks. It walks, and it walked right back to my house. <laughs> and it was crying. It's and a it homing so pigeon. Sad. It's a it's a homing iPod. But it was there, and so check that out. Now we have technology to chase our technology, yeah. so we don't lose our security. That's, it was the greatest thing ever. No, there was a few scratches on it, but it survived. Well, if you've got a bunch of sensitive data on there, that's uh, the, the idea of that showing up in somebody yeah. else's hands is tragic. Is your wife as big of an addict? No, she really isn't. She's almost a technophobe. Is she? Ex, you know, like if I try to teach her to to use the the the, the dish network yeah. and the TV and the here's how you turn on the stereo. That's always a long process. But she has a MacBook Pro from she work. She loves it. She's married to that. She spe- I, that spends way more time in her lap than I do. Let's just put it that way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maybe that's why you keep going to technology. It's warmer than I am. It is, totally. It it, and it's got warm. a fan, so it can cool yeah. down, too. Oh, my heavens. That's too much information, Mark. <laughs> oh, you're taking that way out of context. No, that's great. And so she's okay with it. Plus, your kid's got to love it because you're handing it all down, I'm assuming. When you don't want the when, 4S, you're going to hand it down. When I, it's time to move on uh, every few months, uh, my kids are very fortunate recipients of free electronics. That they, is they don't awesome. know what to do with yeah. the electronics. That's you're a good dad. No, no, that's going way too far. I, I wouldn't <laughs> even imply true. that. Well, you're a great dad because you're handing down technology. Who cares if you're no, ignoring them? No, I'm a bad dad because I have gotten them into – now they're addicted to the uh, technology and true. I feel kind of culpable. There. So what are you going to do to get out of this? Because we, we're doing this show for you. I'm really, this is an intervention. I'm trying we care. To, to learn. I'm trying to teach myself because I am cognizant of the fact that Fulfillment does not come right. in material things. Fulfillment comes with human interaction. Right. And while technology can aid human interaction, it's no replacement for it. Nope. Uh, and so I'm trying. I'm trying hard to stop being so materialistic and such a toy-oriented individual yeah. and realize that ultimate satisfaction comes from friendships, uh, sitting knee-to-knee with people, as uncomfortable as that may That's be. Right. Friends can be painful. They, they take time. <laughs> they, they take yeah. effort. Yeah. And they're unpredictable. Uh, and that's why one reason why we can hide with technology and hide behind technology is because it doesn't require things of that. us that humans that's do. Right. It's not but, real. But giving and serving, I mean, I don't want to sound like a sermon, but serving and giving, as painful as that sounds, ultimately is what it's about. gets you up in the morning. I agree. Well, and Or the can, alarm on your iPad gets you up in the morning. <laughs> you can use both. <laughs> And then once you're up, then you go serve. But the, I guess that's the powerful thing is use the technology to help you truly connect and serve. Well, grandma getting the pictures of grandkids, that's fantastic. That is, that's what it was for, really. I mean, that's powerful. Yeah. Versus, you know, just keeping you so busy you forget to call grandma. Using it as a crutch for I, I now have five minutes. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I guess I better surf the web, even though there's nothing specific I need off of the web. Ah, learning to say no. Learning to just be Go for you. a walk. What the heck? I'll go for a walk if I can bring my iPad. <laughs> iPod. Excuse me, iPod. Your iPod, yeah. yeah. And then your really nice headset. 
Yeah, I'm kind of a headphone freak, too. You need those, too. way too many headphones. Way too many headphones. That's all right. You've only got two ears. I'm an audio guy. That's it. You're a perfectionist. Or you're a purist. Mark Waite, fascinating man. Um, Okay, your challenge, Mark, is let's let the next Mac release go. Skip this one. Skip it. Skip the MacBook Pro with Retina display. I'm going to do that. You I don't was want on the that verge anyway. of getting it. I Were was you? on the verge of spending 2200. Now I'm not going to do don't it. Don't do it. Okay, I, I will not do it. it. I Be- guarantee it. Based on your okay. injunction. See, we saved. We've saved one. We saved Mark Waite. And if we save Mark Waite, we can save pretty much anybody. Mark Waite, the man, the myth, the legend. You can hear him. Um, he's engineer for Highway 89, which airs every weeknight at 10 o'clock Eastern time right here on BYU Radio. Great guy. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Okay, stay true to yourself. <laughs> I will. Get rid of the technology. <laughs> You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show, everybody, right here on uh, Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Connect with Matt on BYU Radio's Facebook page and Twitter at BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. As the world population increases, so will energy demands. But what if, instead of harnessing coal and oil for energy, we harnessed the population itself? This is Innovation Now. Just about everything we do generates power, whether it's a simple breath, a cough, or even a footstep. But what if there were a way to harness that power and use it to produce energy? That's just what researchers at Princeton University are doing. They created a power-generating device by embedding piezoelectric crystals into a flexible, biocompatible, rubber-like material. When the material bends, it produces energy. The material could be put into shoes to produce enough power to charge personal electronic devices, or maybe even power internal medical devices, like pacemakers. Elsewhere, researchers have created a pair of rubber boots that can convert heat into a current. And engineers in Paris have successfully captured the heat generated by bodies in a subway station and used it to heat a public housing project. Perhaps if everybody were doing the locomotion, the world would be a more energy efficient place. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. An artist's passion for music is born when the desire to create beauty is planted within them. Witness the stories behind the passion and performances on The Song That Changed My Life, Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU-TV. Beepers. Welcome to Sky Pager. Beepers. Press the pound key after each other. I just mix a lot, communicate with beepers, baby. Beepers. With beepers. Oh, my word. Beepers. Can I remember when, like, pagers were the bomb? If you had one, you were incredible. If you didn't, loser. And, um, oh, where have we come? I remember in high school pretending to have a car phone in my car, in my Volkswagen bug, and it was just an old rotary dial phone, and we'd hold it up with a long cord, and people thought we were amazing. <sighs> where have we gone? Now we have people like Mark Waite, poor man, addicted to purchasing technology, 
We have others that uh, are so underneath the technology, they don't know that their children are out there running circles around them. We've got to figure out a way to create some balance. It doesn't have to be either or. We've got to accept technology, right? It's our friend. It's not our foe. The hard part, I guess, is how exactly do you go about creating this balance? How do you take it, you know, seriously? And how do you get ahead? And yet at the same time, how do you stay uh, in connection with your family, your friends, using technology, but not losing yourself. We're going to go to Ben Wagner. One of our producers has put together a really good piece that explains the power of balancing technology. Once upon a time, I didn't work in radio, and I know, shocking, with these pipes, you'd think I was a radio lifer. Uh, but no, a few years back, I actually worked doing remote tech support. Now, that means that I sat in front of a computer and customers paying a subscription would call in with their computer problems whenever they wanted. I would then connect to their computer via the internet, take it over, and fix it. Most of the people who called in were just average Americans, and many of them fairly technologically savvy. They just ran into a serious computer problem that was above the ability of the average consumer to fix. A piece of hardware dying, Windows corruption, and of course, the dreaded virus. However, of the 30 or so customers I helped today, it never failed that at least one had the great unfixable problem, which was outdated technology. For example, I once took a call from someone who had just bought a new printer and couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. It took me a few minutes to realize that the computer didn't have a USB port. Yes, a USB port, a standard widely adopted in 1998. Speaking of 1998, it always provided us a good laugh in the office when someone would call in with a problem. We would connect to the computer and see the old, familiar Windows 98 interface looking at us. Yes, ma'am, I do apologize that YouTube won't work on your computer, but the fact is your PC was made when Bill Clinton was the president, Garth Brooks had yet to become Chris Gaines, and people were just starting to realize that Scottie Pippen's haircut was a bad idea. My personal favorite was when people would get iPods as gifts, then get frustrated when it wouldn't sync with their computer. It never failed to elicit a reaction when I told them that their new 3-inch iPod had 8 times as much processing power as their 15-year-old 35-pound gateway. Now, you might think that most of these people were stereotypically the elderly, but this was not the case. Most of them were just people who 15 years ago bought a computer and thought it was like a Toyota, something that would last them 20 years and 300,000 miles. Uh, these people's outdated technology was representative of a larger problem than just their being cheap. It's a refusal to accept that technology is here to stay and a rejection of technology as something that can make their lives easier. People don't want to stay up to date on technology because they think it's hard. But these days, it doesn't take a computer science degree to operate consumer electronics. I've seen babies and puppies work iPads. I'm not saying that these technophobes would be better off waiting in line all night in the rain outside of Best Buy in Newark, New Jersey to get the newest top-of-the-line smartphone. But accepting that technology is here to stay, educating themselves about its uses, and learning in what areas it could improve their lives would be a start. Now take my grandma Sally, for example. She's in her 70s, and she's made a conscientious effort to educate herself and learn how technology can make her life easier. Now... She doesn't have the latest and greatest. She doesn't run her own website or know how to program or have a degree in information technology. But she has an iPhone that's a few years old and it's constantly at her side for emails, texts, and photos. She reads on her Kindle. She plays words with friends with her family. And she uses a variety of other apps. In short, she's accepted that technology is here and has figured out how to implement it in her life. And this tells me that there is a happy medium between technophobe and technophile. Now, maxing out your credit card on every new gadget is probably not healthy. But then again, neither is having Windows 98. Leave it to Ben. Good stuff, Ben. Appreciate that. And um, 
Wow, really, when you think about how technology is changing, are you on the wagon? Are you on the train with us? Are you are you getting ahead? Or are you being left in the dust? Really, it, these these tools are here to help us. And to me, they're here to help us create better, healthier relationships, right? They're not here to separate us. Mark brought up a great point earlier that the technology shouldn't be the thing dividing us. It should be the thing bringing us closer together. So here's a few signs you may be slipping and not using technology to your advantage, but instead maybe slipping um, in your use of technology. Maybe you're too addicted to it. Number one, are you slipping away from activities with people to check your email or social networking sites? Are you actually getting disconnected from the people that are in front of you? just to go to the people online. Are you checking the same sites repeatedly within a short period of time? The minute you sit down or you're bored, have you just kind of trained yourself to go right to your favorite sites? If you have and you're checking them too often, guess what? It's time to get another another habit going. Are you spending little time outside? Have you not seen the sun in years? Um, are you just not getting out? Are you not getting it back to nature? You're not exercising and doing things like that? Do you find it hard to complete a task? such as writing a report without frequently breaking away to check your email. Do you get, in, do you, get you know, um, do you have people constantly interrupting you and, and messing up your ability to focus that way? Are you spending little time face-to-face with other people? Do you go online or use your digital devices when you feel stressed or want to just, you know, relax and avoid unpleasant tasks? So are you using it as an avoidance technique? And are you spending time in separate rooms from your family? These are all signs that, you know what, it's probably time. It's probably time that uh, you're getting too into this, you're getting too deep. Here's some ways that you can cut back. Check your and answer your email only once or twice a day. Maybe set a time, three times a day, 9, noon, 5, 10, five, four times a day, when you're just going to check it. You're not going to check it all the time. You're not going to respond to every little, every little ping, every little bell. Use social networking sites only at scheduled times. And for only a set number of minutes, okay? So we have kind of a set amount of time. Practice what they call a digital Sabbath, okay? So a digital Sabbath where you set aside one day a week where you're going to unplug. You're going to literally unplug from the technology. For some of you, this could be fatal. Leave your cell phone in another room when friends come over. What would happen there? What would happen if when your friends come over to visit, you just leave your cell on your nightstand and you go hang out with family and friends? How about just calling instead of texting? What would happen if we actually talked to each other once in a while and uh, you know, and actually had some connection there? How about uh, using internet blocking software to keep um, on task while working? How about turning off some of your chimes, some of those things? How about limiting your recreational surfing or TV watching, you know, and actually just start saying no? What would happen the day we started saying no to just the technology and yes to the relationships? Here's your challenge. I'm going to challenge you to start looking at your technology. Do a little assessment. Does your technology bring you closer to people heart to heart? eye-to-eye, knee-to-knee, toe-to-toe? Are you in their face? Are you connecting with people? Or do you find yourself getting further and further away? Technology should bring us together. It shouldn't scare us away. It shouldn't make us further um, uh, and less connected. It should always be bringing us closer together. That's your challenge, folks. Go take the assessment. How are you doing on it? And I challenge you to change one thing, one thing this week today on your technology and remember go talk to your family give them a hug you never know how long they'll be around with you thanks everybody for listening to the matt townsend show right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio
KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. 